Okay. Why not? Yeah. So Italy was cool. Yeah, Italy was fucking awesome. Um, Rome was my least favorite city out of yeah Florence and like Perugia, but um, it's just like really, I don't know. Like I don't mind like street art or graffiti, but it's literally everywhere there. And oh, in um, Rome. Yeah, it's literally on yeah, every yeah. building, <laughs> except for like the Colosseum. But ah, uh-huh, sure. The people there were like fucking rude. Like I don't know if they just hated Americans or they just hated all tourists, but I found uh, them like pretty I mean, fucking rude. I mean, about either, half of them. Yeah, I did that a few years ago with my family, and uh, they were either like incredibly rude or extremely patronizing and <laughs> condescending to us. That's um, that's how I felt. As you know, like American tourists, and like you know, overly accommodating, but. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Florence is a fucking awesome city. Wait, you went to Florence too? Uh, yeah, we went. To, we did Rome and then Florence. Yeah, Florence is dope. Yeah. I would definitely go back to Florence. Yeah, yeah, I would do again. Um, cool, There's man. a lot of, like, left-wing shit there, too. Like, there is a bunch of, like, Antifa stickers everywhere. And, like... Oh, interesting. Anti-fascismo uh, graffiti <laughs> and shit. Yeah. So it was cool, like and uh, see, that's rad. Yeah, they have they have a, a lot of cool left wing shit there, but nice man. Anyways, um, yeah. Also, happy Memorial Day. Yeah. Weekend. Oh yeah. Happy grilling weekend. Yeah, dude. Any yeah, any excuse for a three day weekend is my attitude. I know, Are you guys just... doing anything for it? No, nah, I'm just like pumped not to work, really. Yeah, dude, for sure. <laughs> just one last day I have to go <laughs> slave away. Yeah, both my roommates are out of town and like all my friends are gone too. So I just bought GTA five. Nice. And that's, a, well, that's a good just good way to spend it, man. Simulating the life of a career criminal. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, <laughs> that sounds like great. a pretty oh like a Memorial Day weekend well spent to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. This and then I'm going to a baseball game tomorrow. So there you, you need go. like a GTA yeah. mod where you can pit, play as like a Goldman Sachs banker and like yeah, run around not, and like dude. do predatory lending schemes. And a shit. Wolf of Wall Street type like Caligula story. I bet it's coming. Hopefully, your player just gets stranded in purgatory from too many like collateralized debt swaps. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you just get caught up in really like yeah, you just start drowning in like really obscure legalistic financial <laughs> problems. The game just Maybe gives you menus of like your collateralized debt swap has not been approved. Please try again. <laughs> this game's different than I Please meet with Hank Polson and try again. <laughs> just take a revolver to his face. <laughs> Alright, should we, uh... Yeah, Yeah, sure, how do you want to do it? Yeah, alright, I'm so, like, this week we're talking about Israel, I guess. Um, (sighs) Good old Israel. It's gonna be a good one, because I'm the only one here who's not Jewish, so... Uh, Or culturally Jewish. I don't know what your religious beliefs are, but culturally. Yeah, Yeah. Zach, remind me again, did you go on Birthright? No, never have. I have about a year and a half if I were to want to do it. Yeah, um, I'm like, I, I retroactively question my decision to go. Um, <laughs> like immediately or? Yeah, oh, I wouldn't even say immediately, like during, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. During. Wait, while you're, so while you're on birthright, you're like, While well, I was like, on birthright, up. I was like, whoa, 
Whoa. Um, <laughs> yeah, from what I hear, it sounds, especially if you're, like, an older Jew, an older, like, American Jew, um, it, who, I don't know, who's kind of been out of, like, organized Jewish practice for a while. <laughs> organized yeah, like, Jewry. <laughs> yeah, 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 really, though. But, like, you went older, right? Or were you young? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went at 21, 22, maybe even. No, 21. Um, I was a senior in college, like, over winter break. Yeah. Um, and I went mostly with people from GW's, like, Hillel, which is, like, um, every almost every major university has a Hillel, which is, like, the on, mm-hmm. on, on campus, like, J- Jewish student group. Now, there are other ones. Um, there's one called Chabad that's, like, further right wing, a little more, like, BB Netanyahu leaning. Um, and yeah. then there's other so Jewish groups people. on campus sometimes. Jesus, it's already, like, Netanyahu leaning, isn't it? What, Hillel? Yeah. Oh, oh very oh, much so. But like Chabad is really Chabad is really out there. Um mm-hmm. and then you have like some I guess uh, like left further left leaning like J Street tries to have campus um presence yeah. and stuff like that. Um which is like slightly more left leaning uh like adamant about at least a two state solution idea. But moral right. of the story is I go with all these kids from this Hillel group that the only reason I had known them before um, is I would get really fucking high and go and eat hello Shabbat <laughs> dinner. I would skip services and just show up to the dinner. And I don't know if it was like the weed or the baked ziti, but I thought these were all like nice people. Free trip to Israel, like you know, why not? Like like ten day. All right. Well, it, it is objectively it's a great fucking deal. Yeah, exactly. Like and and um, I mean the whole thing is funded by the German government. Um, which, like, yeah. first off, kind of wild. The Ger- uh, wait, the German yeah. government funds it? Yeah, the I German government that. funds it. It's a reparations package. That. Wow. Um, and, I, I mean, there are different programs that have different funding, but the one that Halil goes through, like this tag lead discovery program, getting too far into the weeds of how birthright works. Um, but, yeah, they, uh, th- exactly. And it's, I mean, th- I will, I'm sure I will bring it up again as we discuss the much more real and serious um, things going on in Israel besides a bunch yeah. of, like, um, Jewish teenagers on a bus. Um, but, like, or, excuse me, American teenagers on a bus. But, like, yeah. um Really, uh, it's just it, it's kind of uh, in- incredible to think about that kind of thing, um, and then like juxtapose what's actually happening, and try to get inside the heads of some of these folks. And I'm sure that as we discuss, like I was saying, just everything that's going on um, mm-hmm. in Israel and just like the considerations here in American politics for what's going on, um, that y'all will hear me talk about that more because. Yeah, yeah. Um, Really, honestly, it gave me some insights that no amount of uh, international relations classes or public political no, science I'm classes sure could. And like, just interject and interrupt with like, please anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That kind of opens like a nice door into what's just happened, which I guess I can like briefly frame if you guys want. Go. Cool. So twelve days ago now. Um, Thousands of Palestinians engaged in, like, an organized protest, uh, like, the the one that's in, really, in the American discourse is, um, the protest at the Gaza Wall to celebrate the Nakba, which commemorates the displacement of the, Pal- you know, 700,000 Palestinians in 1948, um, and... 
again, as has happened, you know, I think every, at least every like eight to 12 months for the last, you know, 10 years in my memory is the Israeli Defense Force basically indiscriminately shot at protesters killing at least 60 people and wounding like 2,000 more, a lot of whom died due to a lack of medical treatment. And so um, I think like that event received a lot of coverage immediately, but has been kind of understandably like overshadowed by another like utter catastrophe, which is like realizations that ISIS just fucking lost like 1500 children who they've like forcefully removed from um migrants from various places um but i don't know more people need to be talking about this and it's good that they are so here we are so i don't know i guess the last thing i'll say is like you know again every like eight to twelve months the idf does something basically indefensible and extremely uh, violent um, to either Palestinian protesters or Palestinian civilians. And it provokes a, you know, reactions from the center, the left and the right, uh, particularly in the United States. Um, And, you know, you have people on the right now, this time again, doubling down on the position that Israeli is given no choice when they um, leverage extreme violence against Palestinian civilians. But then this time, I think also you have kind of more people, or at least I, you know, I think um, just looking at like the discourse online, like more people adopting and explicitly like based, you know, basically saying simply that like this is wrong and it needs to stop so i don't know that's just been kind of my perspective but maybe it would be interesting to hear if you guys like in the dc area have seen i don't know is this is the reaction to this um event like any different than it has been in the past when this has happened or i don't know it does it just feel any different like given the fact that you guys are in that area now I mean, it just seems like um, the politics around this topic are changing in terms of a shift to the left. Um, I mean, that just could be because I'm in, like, my own little bubble uh, here in, like, the DSA in Nova and in D.C. But, I mean, I feel as though that young people, especially, like, our generation, even younger, uh, like, college students are starting to – you know, go against the norm when it comes to U.S. policy on Israel, where we just give them thousands or millions of dollars in aid and, um, you know, basically make it it so that they can carry out these atrocities without any repercussions. But I definitely think there's a shift, Brennan. Yeah, I'm pessimistic. Um, I think there's a short-term shift. I think that it's not a wave. I don't think it's a change in the way that Democrats, liberals, any the 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 establishment left. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any change, act like real change in the way that they view Israel. I think that they still more or less condone these actions. Um, and if they don't condone them, they're complicit with them. I should say. I don't know about condone, but they're 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 not they're not standing up to them. Well, or or support them like Chuck Schumer. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean there are definitely those that support. And I think it's. I mean, 
one thing I I guess I will say that I notice is I think that it what this uh, most recent incident has done is make it so that the folks who um, have some kind of Jewish identity or at least some kind of um, like feeling for social issues are extremely upset about what has happened. And now Israel is on their radar. I think that the Jews that I went to birthright with want to avoid this topic at all costs. They're not ready to accept that Israel is bad. They're not ready to accept that the New York Times is a lying outlet because they love it. And so they want to do everything they can to pretend that they just didn't see that headline, that they just don't know what's going on. And if you ask them, the answer you're going to get is it's complicated. What makes me sad is that the establishment <laughs> yeah. Democrats I hang out are not that I hang out with, but that I work with and in proximity to that aren't Jewish. Don't this isn't a big deal to them. Dude, it uh, just isn't. And so that yeah. to me makes me think there's no real sea change, at least in the short term. Do I think that Democratic candidates in midterms 10 years from now may all be anti-Israel? I think that we're going in that direction. Yeah. But do I think that we're even like close to it now or that this like is a huge step in that direction? I think not. It's just a like small sort of like incident in yeah. the macro scale of things kind of like you said these things are happening all the time yes. i mean i would yeah, i would yeah. i would or zach do you want to go no please please go I don't know. so i was gonna say i mean i generally agree i do think with our generation it compared to our parents generation mm-hmm. it's it's shifting a little bit in terms of yeah. like i mean two jewish guys back in what when your parents were coming up it would you know it's like not socially acceptable to be yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, they're still on at GW, like honestly, on birthright. I just had to find a couple people that were on that trip with me that I could just like vent to, to be honest with you. Yeah, because yeah. there were people there that you couldn't say stuff to yeah. without it literally becoming like a shouting match on the bus. Even um, if you didn't want it to geez. be. And so it was yeah, just yeah. like the the tour guide will lie to their teeth through you while you're driving and it'll just be like bullshit. And that someone will turn around and like tell you off. So to yeah, go yes. back to your <laughs> democratic establishment point, like yeah. I don't know how to put this because my edibles kicking in. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but um, even the farthest left wing senator Bernie Sanders, yeah, is still very. I mean, he's coming around on Israel, but in general, and in, in the past, he's been very supportive of Israel and giving them aid and and basically abetting and um, being complicit towards the atrocities that are going on there. I'm glad he's shifting from that, but still there's, there's not really, it's not within the political discussion within the, you know, halls of the house and Senate, but. Mm -hmm. Uh um, And, and it's just, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go, go, go. But like, I was trailing off there. Two people, (laughs) two people who are, um, often uh, basically the main person particularly in european politics who bernie um who people draw analogies between um with is with between bernie and jeremy corbyn Jezza. and it's just testament to the like utter kind of disparities between american and british left politics or at least left politics that currently occupy some degree of uh like elected office is that (laughs) like jezza has 
unapologetically aligned himself with um, anti-encounter Zionist activist movements. And he's faced, like, savage vitriol from both, like, center and right-wing media in the UK in the same way that Bernie would over here. And I don't know, it's just interesting to acknowledge that and to think about whether it's, like, a practical, systematic calculation on Bernie's part or whether it's a genuine, like, genuine, whether they are, like, genuine Zionist, like, political inclinations on his part i don't know but we'll see that you know in the next few years i guess i don't know either but i mean i have faith that he'll he'll i think he has been coming around on this issue a little bit more yeah um i can't give you like specific examples but i remember reading some stuff all all i know and this is not necessarily related to sanders although i think that the insight Uh, about sanders recording guys yes it is Sorry, everybody. Okay, no uh, worries. Uh, fell asleep. Woo! Uh, technical <laughs> difficulties almost got us yeah. there. Um, that was some funny sounds. Yeah. <laughs> I think the uh, that that Corbin uh, like Sanders insight about just how off kilter the like U.S. political spectrum is is a good one. Um, and then I also. Uh, one thing that is like gets to me, and this is an unrelated political point is I, I don't know why I'm so hung up on it, but I can't get over this Kamala Harris speech at APAC oh, that she God. gave at the American-Israeli Political Action Conference ran by the American-Israeli Political Action Committee, basically the biggest um, like explicitly pro-Israel lobby. Um, and they literally fill up the arena here in Washington, the Capitol One Center, um, with like to the rafters with American Jews, mostly young. And it's just like the, like CPAC, like the conservative political action conference. It's the exact same style of conference. Um, except the political speakers happen to be from both sides of the aisle instead of just conservative. And so Kamala Harris, democratic wonderkind, um, is there talking about how when she was a kid, she raised money to plant trees in Israel. And to me, that just, like, there was something, something got to me about that. And we talked about this on our media episode. I think we've talked about this on other foreign policy episodes. But California is filled with funders that happen to spend their Saturdays in synagogue. And she happens to spend time speaking to 18,000 Jews in the Capital One Arena. Um, Yeah. And talking about how when she was a kid, she raised money to plant trees in Israel. Um, And, I mean, I think that gives you a pretty good idea in terms of follow the money, follow the allegiances of, like, how we get to a point where the United States, not that we don't do this other places, but is really not saying anything bad about the fact that our pretty much our like strongest ally just kind of like killed 60 civilians for expressing what we would call first amendment rights. Yep. I couldn't, I, I can't <laughs> put it any better than that. That's like, totally true. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah. And that's, that's why you got 24 year old Jewish kids from long Island who are, you know, uh, administrative assistants at some national foreign policy association who are like, ah, it is a real thing. It's complicated, guys. So it's complicated. Zach, have you been to Israel? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, have dear we lost God. Zach? I think we lost Zach. Oh. Uh-oh. 
Anyways, Brendan, so when yes. you were on Birthright, <laughs> um, did you see any like settlements there? Yeah, um, you drive past them kind of, and you can see them in the distance. One of the most striking um, like story examples I can give, um, and anybody who's like really a nerd about Israeli politics is probably going to tell me that I'm remembering this wrong or that there's something slightly off about my map, but more or less they take you um, to like the northern border where you can see Jordan and Syria at the same time and it's like on the top of this mountain it's a military it's an old military base but it's still kind of a military base um there's like a big ass antenna up there that is definitely being used for something um and you can see that there's like random subdivisions kind of like dotting what's otherwise a green valley and when you ask about them you don't get a straight answer and that's what i'll say and then the other thing is in east let me yeah east jerusalem um, you can physically see it's the weirdest shit. It's like um, imagine if the like uh, 395 instead of just being an interstate highway was also like a high security border. So like the walls, the highway walls never actually broke. You know, like yeah. they just were always like 15 feet high. And when you got off the exit, it was just immediately security checkpoint on either side all the time. That's what it's like going from east to west Jerusalem. It's like. And, and you have to understand it's small as hell. And you can see it on Google Maps. It's it's really small. And so it's like the lines at these, and I'm getting my information here um, from a, like numerous different articles from places like the New York Times, Washington Post, mainstream media. The lines at these take four plus hours. So if you want to go to the fish market in downtown Jerusalem and bring it back to your shop in East Jerusalem, which is Palestinian area, you call it, or, um, whatever you call it, I, I might be mixing up my East and West, um, but that West Bank Jerusalem area, you're going to run into a situation where like, you can't physically do commerce if you have to drive to the other side of town that should be 25 minutes away. Right. And that's one thing that got to me. I was like, that is a crazy way to live life day to day having to deal with these checkpoints. Um, and it's not to say that it's so tough because, I mean, like, I'm using other people's words here, but Israel controls what goes in there anyway. So it's, like, a very, it's just very tough. And then I'd say also on birthright, they try to keep you away from Gaza, so you don't go anywhere near Gaza. Um, Damn. Uh, like, you just, they keep you generally away from that part of the state. Like I said, they'll take you to Jerusalem. We must continue to stand firm against the profoundly biased campaign to delegitimize the state of Israel through boycotts, divestment, and sanctions. While Iran publicly executes its citizens, Turkey jails its journalists, Scores of Arab nations punish homosexuality with imprisonment and torture. Why does BDS single Israel out alone for condemnation? When there is such a double standard, when the world treats everybody one way and the Jew or the Jewish state another way, there's only one word for it, anti-Semitism. Let us call out the BDS movement for what it is. Let us delegitimize the delegitimizers. 
by letting the world know when there is a double standard, whether they know it or not, they are actively participating in an anti-Semitic movement. Moral of the story is Birthright is a shit show. It's a bunch of horny Jewish kids on a bus together. Oh, um, we well, you need to fucking say a few words about that. Oh, the horny kids on the yeah, bus? Yeah, Was that, yeah. Is that a total reality? No, it, it really, I mean, to a large extent it is. You have 10 days. Um, the most you get is 40 minutes away from the group you're with. Um, generally, they're people, like <laughs> I said, who go to your university. Who go to your university. Um, and so you have such little time and you spend so much time on these buses and in these hotels and whatnot that like naturally there is some of that like grouping up effect. Um, and they definitely promote it. You know, that uh, the folks in charge, I don't know if it's a yeah. directive for them, but like they're definitely like, yeah, you should go, you should go talk to Sarah or like, you should go talk to Ben. You think he's cute? You know, like, that's <laughs> yeah. definitely happening. Um, yeah. And then at the same time, there's so many team building activities that are meant to make you fall in love with your Jewish identity in this sense of community that it's like they want you to fall in love with someone there because you're all Jews and you all love this stuff. Yeah, that's sure. basically what it comes down to. And like you went to when you were like 21, basically yeah. like kind of uh, I, like yeah. post pubescent obviously and like but can you just imagine dude like the the 16 year olds on that trip oh i can't imagine the 16 year olds but i mean like i will say that i was oh boy and like no no like subtle flexes here but like i was not immune to like the birthright horniness myself like it's sure it's unavoidable dude uh-huh something about israel well it's because we're Jew you're jewish you were a jew in israel yeah, so it was that, I, I was that. It was like that Zionism just made my jeans stiff, you know, <laughs> the whole damn yeah. time, the whole damn time. Um, uh, Zionism. Oh, Zionism. I think that's like a good, good segue into into um, yeah, back into the uh, more serious <laughs> and depressing shit oh, that yeah. Israel has been doing. For a long time. But anyway, yeah, Jack, you made a good point earlier, which is that if you, like, can you, basically, can we imagine, like, our parents' generation having, um, like, principled political opinions or, like, vo being vocally um oppositional to the israeli state you know when they were growing up in like the 60s and 70s and that's a really good point because um you know in israel counter zionist discourses kind of really started proliferating in like the 80s and 90s with like the uh yom kippur war and mm. the palestinian intifada when Israeli like scholars and activists who had not who had been born after 1948 um, like the realities that they had experienced with respect to Israel and its policies were extremely different from the realities that their parents generation had experienced which was obviously extremely um, wrapped up with the you know experiences of and then the memory of the Holocaust um, and so it's, I think something sort of analogous has happened here where for, you know, 30 to 40 years, um, American Jews, like by and large, have been complete, 
completely politically demobilized um, and have completely like um, sacrificed like all authority with respect to Israel to um, Zionist Jews, but also non-Jewish Zionists in the right wing of America's political landscape. And so, especially in the last, I think, 20 years, like the few decades that we've been kind of coming of age in, there is definitely less of a sense that Israel is an entity that cannot be criticized, that it's anti-Semitic to criticize Israel, particularly if you're a Jew. Um, and that, you know, if even if, I don't know, elected representatives are not like reflecting that change, that it's still happening, particularly in the minds of Jews. And so, yeah, Brendan, I guess I, I agree with you that like most, almost every conversation I've ever had with non-Jewish Americans has been completely one way because they are, I think, you know, somewhat understandably like afraid to voice a strong opinion one way or another, or they just have no opinion about it at all since Israel and the Middle East as well remain like really abstract regions in most people's minds. Or like, what about the evangelical Christians in this country that are just like staunchly in support of Israel? I think I don't get that. Well, uh, yeah, no, and I, I, I guess the one way for me to correlate that, and this isn't necessarily, ac um, this isn't theological so much as it is based on social science. Um, but it was a public policy poll that I saw, um, and that's you know that refers to the company there, um, and. In terms of Americans um, and refugee sentiment um, on like a one to seven um, positive negative, seven being the most positive, um, evangelical white Christians have the most negative view of refugees. Um, mm -hmm. And you can pull out any number of Bible verses that contradict that belief and make you think, why would that be? But I think that those same folks identify with the anti-refugee sentiments um, of Israel in that... Um, when you don't get to see the refugee crisis being created by the first world country, so when you don't get to see Americans um, creating or you know going for regime change in um, Afghanistan or failing to act on you know uh, crimes in Syria or acting too staunchly on crimes in Syria, whatever, when we create refugee crises, or if you even want to talk about ICE, when we are like add to that, we run into situations where the people when they're and who end up getting fucked over are the least well received by the most religious groups. Um, and so evangelical white Christians see white people who can help us unlock the San Bernardino shooter's phone, who can help us build better anti-missile systems. And a lot of and, right wing Jews. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and they can raise money from those other folks. And honestly, like I'm, I'm going to go way wacky here. I bet you half of those people think that like Jews control the weather in the media. Just, just being real. Like, I'm serious. Like, I bet you white evangelical oh, yeah, Christians yeah, yeah. think that the weather forecast comes from the Rothschilds family, and <laughs> <laughs> that all everything on television and the news is made by Jews, um, and we are the ones who control that. Um, and I like, I'm serious, and I think that there's some level of like, oh well, but we all hate brown people, so we're on the same side. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, I, I, I think there's an interesting parallel there. I'm curious to hear, um, I guess, like from either one of you, have, have like what what was the first opinion you formed on Israel, right or wrong? Like, not right or wrong, but like um, wh- whether you still hold it now or whether it's the exact opposite. I didn't have an opinion. Okay, I didn't there really yeah, care yeah, about politics until like what? I got to college. No, that then, like that's that makes sense. And then I just like, you know, did my research, and it's pretty skewed. The violence <laughs> is pretty skewed in one direction. So. <laughs> yeah, like it's a it's a really like simple calculus. Yeah, it's it's. Really oh yeah, not no, 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 no. I get that, but way. I guess like Zach, I'm what I'm wondering from you, I guess then. Like, did you ever have a positive view of Israel, even like maybe age twelve? Oh, totally, of okay. course, dude. Okay, I so mean, yeah, yeah, no, I just. Um, but it wasn't like a particularly. <laughs> of course, it wasn't because I started going to synagogue when I was, I don't know, seven or eight. Yeah, um, I hear you. Whatever, whenever you start, and then I went to a reform synagogue, so I'm already. Um, I already don't qualify as a Jew, basically, in the minds of, like, most Israeli Jews, I th- mm-hmm. or at least conservative to Orthodox Israeli Jews. Um, and, like, the, you know, Likud government has, like, kind of consistently implied that, like, reformed Jews, particularly outside of Israel, are, like... <laughs> And, and, like, reformed rabbis are, like, kind of worthy of some degree of suspicion. And so, anyway, this is all to say, like, my my rabbis at in reformed mm-hmm. synagogue were, like, super cool. Um, and I definitely enjoyed, um, like, the time that I spent there and with them. But there was no sense that the synagogue had a any like committed opinion on Israel other than that it other than that it's basically inextricable from the memory of the Holocaust yep um and that uh you know obviously to the extent that you need to have a political opinion about Israel it is you know not not something that you can like justifiably be opposed to so but and it's not like i knew those things back then it was just like a really kind of vague mm-hmm. like no. notion in my mind and it's like israel is not what i associated like my judaism with at all really yeah um, and i definitely i'm i'm with you on that 100 percent, and i think it's really um interesting like i don't know if it's geography or if it's um you know, like in where we were raised in the, in the number of Jews here in the like DC area, especially sort of micro Alexandria, there's just not a ton of Jews. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it's that like lack of being around a large Jewish community or whether it's um, just the way like here in the United States, we have just for so many years, our whole lives basically been involved in some kind of conflict in the Middle East that it's so easy to just like shrug off um, a, a bus bombing in Gaza that happened in 2004. Mm-hmm. You know, like we don't, it's just so easy to shrug off every little incident that happens, you know, in the Golan Heights or wherever in Israel, really, or Palestine or, you know, uh-huh. Jordan or Syria. Like it's so easy to 
overlook that region as uh, a, a secular American or like even if you're you, you yourself or myself like the only real idea you have is oh this was created after the Holocaust so that mm-hmm. people could have a state to go to so this could never happen again and that like really nice yeah 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 simplified like understanding of it and it, like leave it at that um yeah a really like straightforward you know historical and symbolic narrative and like i think in my you know as a child like in my mind i just thought like oh obviously i like conflated the um star of david on you know the like dreidels i was playing with with the uh oh the symbol that like signifies and is placed front and center of the flag of israel and so you know i I went through uh, a, like, pretty embarrassing, you know, teenage period of conservatism. And so my, um, yeah, I just had shit opinions, dude. Like, no, back I mean, then, of I, course. I was, like, pro, I was pro-Israel in, like, yeah, like and junior, so I, in my, like, junior year of high school social studies class. Like, I yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. took a pro-Israel stance and meant it. At the and time. I think not, that, yeah, like... I, I, I know that. My just generally, like, positive attitude towards, like, the symbol or the symbolic existence of Israel, like, really did seem, seem like, kind of flawlessly and easily into like a conservative politics that was you know contained like some zionist elements and but, if, but which to... were involved with like my identification as a political conservative in high school like middle school and high school rather than as a jew i think um but it... i'm better now <laughs> <laughs> same here we're we're both better now um and so, yeah, yeah. Were you going to say something? No, I mean, I was actually going to kind of like swivel topics here, but in, in still sort of talking about the state of Israel and then trying to sort of juxtapose this one sort of um, idea with another in terms of, I think it's really interesting how in the United States there's like Krav Maga classes, which is like the as fitness classes for like yoga moms and it's the Mm -hmm. like combat style of the israeli defense forces um and then you also just have like all this technology and stuff comes out of tel aviv in israel which is a more like silicon valley chilling style of place and i think Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to juxtapose that with a, our, like, support and why, like, conservative law enforcement types might like Israel. Well, and I'm pretty sure the IDF, like, trains some police departments. Here. Yes, yes, they do. Um, and, like, the the IDF in general, um, it, they created, like, anti-missile technology before the United States had it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, they did a lot, a lot in terms of that sort of military-industrial complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it's sort of building up that we had here. I think I already mentioned it once, but like they unlocked the San Bernardino shooters iPhone. Um, like they they got into the back of it before anyone in Silicon Valley could. Um, and, and I think it's really f- interesting to try to reconcile that with some of the conservative and even democratic feelings about it. Because one thing I've heard from Jews who are otherwise willing to buy into, um, 
the idea that like systematic inequality as a result of public policy over time in the United States has like made it so that opportunities are not equal across all people at birth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think there are Jews who are willing to accept that idea, but at the same time want to say, well, when we got to Israel in 1948, everything was a desert. And we built this beautiful city, and Mm -hmm. we built missile defense systems, and we built water infrastructure and electricity everywhere. And they just left their sandbox as a sandbox, and now they want to live in our fancy city. Like, I'm I'm serious. I've heard that narrative at GW multiple times. And while none of that is based in a ton of fact, I think it's interesting how like folks will point to Israeli innovation, um, primarily in technology and um, primarily in the technology of killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technology behind ending other human lives. um, How like that is this point of pride of like we're just a developed country and y'all y'all are mad. Yeah, you know I don't know. That's no. It's like this. You know, again, like kind of symbolically and then in the political imagination of a lot of people in the United States, Israel is an extension of America's values into an otherwise, you know, barbaric, like, hellscape. And, like, Israel is the only chance, like, for them that we have to extend America's version of democracy um, like throughout the Middle East and honestly to cleanse it because Israel Israel is also oh, imagined and treated as a white state yeah. um, and the Israeli people as white people as like as as white allies to America's interests in that region both like politically and culturally and I think like it's a good point that you made which is that Israel has always been like an extension or like a critical arm of America's just colonial apparatus in the Middle East. Right. And like because of that American and Israeli Islamophobia are like kind of, you know, I mean, inextricable for in one hand. another. Yeah, exactly. Particularly in the post 9/11 period, but also, you know, like well for Palestinians it's since you know, the last 70 years, but, you know, it's because the Palestinian and Israeli conflict is at the heart of Israel's national identity. It just is. And because there is no Israel without the displacement of Palestinians who are already living under a colonial power in Britain, you know, who had their land also taken from them from like Jordan and Egypt too. And so anyway, this is just to say that Israel exists like the negative opposition to Palestinian Arabs particularly is like right at the center of the narratives that Israel tell has to tell about its existence. Um, and I think more and more Israelis, I think are recognizing that and recognizing the contradictions that lie at the heart of the narrative that Israel's government has always told its people and the world about its existence and um, like the realities of its just occupation and like violent rule over a, a million Palestinians for, you know, 70 years. So, yeah. 
I I I should have before we recorded this looked at like the trend, like electoral trends in uh, Israeli Parliament. Um, yeah. In their legislative branch, but I, I'm I'm like fairly certain that what you just said holds true in those results, and or at least I mean, it's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. You well, also they don't, ju- they don't have a left wing there at all. Yeah, not really. Well, you also though, much like America. Yeah, well, and you well, it's funny as you drew the parallels of like, oh, they are the closest thing we have to a democracy there, and it just so happens that both BB and Trump are like heavily embroiled in like fraud and investigations. Oh, dude, they're into, right, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously it's they're only boys. Only natural that the executive has to be like a corrupt lunatic. I mean, so many, yeah, I mean, so many. Like American, this is. American this is not so well. this is not like a new observation like so many people i think i read it from ellie valley first who everyone should follow and buy his book diaspora boy um he pointed out that like bb's son is on the record like through uh like social media i think facebook like aligning with and validating like the uh, the rise of the alt-right in america oh of course <laughs> i mean i mean i'm not even kidding um oh my gosh i am going to hate myself for this the name of the israeli prime minister who was murdered um Anyway, they had a prime minister yeah, yeah. who actually like, kind of believed in a two-state solution at one point. Um, like, uh, in, or, or I think it was in the 90s, maybe late 80s. Um, and he was murdered for it, you know, like some crazy right-wing guys. Like, hey, yeah. come on, Palestine. That was uh, Yitzhak Those Rabin. Yep, Yitzhak Rabin. There you go. Um, there was protests against Rabin when he was, like, still um, in office. And BB, there's, like, pictures of him. And I learned, and I'll, I'll say that, I'll preface this. I got this fact from a birthright guide. From uh-huh. a birthright guide. Pictures of BB carrying like a, a Photoshop, basically, um, like old school Photoshop, of Rabin wearing a Nazi uniform. Um, so, you know, it's like, I'll let you, I'll let that sink in. But like, that came from uh, like Lior, my birthright guide, um, who's from Israel. And yeah. was like, yeah, no, like we bring you to this like Rabin memorial because it's really important to get perspective. And so like maybe that some props to birthright for that, for like not loving BB. I don't know. But like they didn't tell the whole group that he was. He just told me that because I was the whole time I was like, this guy seems pretty cool. What's who's lying to me? You know, when yeah, he brought us yeah. somewhere, I was like, this Rabin guy seems pretty cool. Like, what's the real deal here? And he was like, oh, okay, the Rabin kind of was the real deal, you know, to some extent. Um, if you want to compare him, and then gives me that BB fact. And I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, and I mean, those those analogies will always be drawn. And especially in the United States, or as far as, like, in my experience, which has all been in the United States, obviously, but elsewhere as well, the contestation of um, basically who is a Nazi and who isn't is also right at the heart of this conflict because both sides accuse the others of anti-Semitism. And I think mm-hmm. the, the, those allegations can be made more easily and convincingly against the right-wing elements, including like, you know, ranging from Bibi and his son to the extreme right in the United States. Um, and... Like, the left, whose opposition of Israel is predicated on their opposition to uh, murder and uh, occupation. Um, and that's, 
I forget where I was going with this, but the it just it just shows how like the how successfully, especially elements on the right who are much more successful and aggressive at um, fomenting political um, opinions about Israel on the right than people on the left are on their side, on our side, is um, like that they've pretty much, you know, effectively popularized the notion that, you know, a criticism of Israel is an extension of anti-semitic critiques of the jewish people around the world and but I particularly can, in israel i can speak to that because like uh bds and shit and like, yeah i did that uh like advocated for that in college and it got called anti-semitic so yeah 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 and so and that's an easy refutation to make for me and brendan because we're jewish mm-hmm. um but i yeah less so for i think non-jewish americans that's just kind of my suspicion yeah Totally. Yeah, and I think uh, it's just the 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 groups that are throwing around the term anti-Semitic really loosely are unfortunately like the most organized. Yeah. <laughs> it it really yeah. sucks. It really sucks. Like they've had their email listserv going since AOL discs were how they got online, and like they are well organized and are extremely willing to um, cause a scene in public um, yeah. in the in the name of Israel. But I think it does it does show its face like more in, you know, the like as you guys know, like the realms of um, like national politics and I mean it's just it's so well organized, but more importantly it's so well funded. And mm-hmm. I think like I saw I've seen like TPUSA people, um, even out in Colorado, you know, as part of their protests involve um, like anti-BDS and pro-Israel. Of course, um, yeah. Like, like imagery and Charlie symbolism. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys protesting? You, you I'm won. I'm, You've won. I'm, like, I'm serious. I think Charlie Kirk went to Jerusalem for the um, embassy opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm serious. I I, would, I I think he was legitimately there with like our government, not as like a, a honored guest. But um, dude, just the yeah, the level of nerd oh. you have to be to protest in favor of the most un like undisputed ideology in American politics, which is like like besides capitalism, Zionism. Um, yeah, just nerds, man. Uh, uh. Um, <laughs> my head hurts. Yeah, uh, I know. Any, any that, anyway. Um, I will say this: um, Israel, those dudes. So what? I uh, a non non sequitur here. Um, but on birthright, they throw a couple Israeli soldiers on your bus with you, and they're your age because they have conscription there. Uh-huh. And three out of the five, all of their first answers were, "I'm going somewhere that I can smoke weed in peace." Really. I like. I'm getting the hell out of here, and I'm not coming. What back you like out of Israel? Or? I'm getting out of Israel. I'm gonna travel as long as I can, but the first place I'm gonna go is somewhere that I can just like chill and smoke weed for a week because these people are crazy. And that uh, and they're just very much like liberal American teenagers, to be honest with you. And I mean, I'm using the like substance there to accentuate that point. But like when you sit down and talk to them, they're like, they what they do is like. 
Um, they're like the people who usually get put on the bus are folks who are doing a really good job and are usually like the meteorologists for the IDF or doing something that is more benign. Uh Um, they're not paratroopers or like ground soldiers. Right. Yeah. And they are like wanted, they want to go to a four year university, but their country is like, nah, you're going to serve in the military right now. And so like, they're trying to make the most of it. And the majority of the time, their opinions, um, and I wish that I remembered some of those conversations better and could crystallize them in this form better, but, like, Mm -hmm. people in Israel are not all in love with building settlements and going nuts. Um, It's just a matter of literal numbers. It's funny, like, I'm, I'm babbling on here a little bit, but conservatives in America worry about like brown people taking over numbers wise. They're all going to have too many kids and take over the country. Like America's really fucking big and the, we have a lot of systems in place to like kind of make sure that doesn't happen. Uh-huh. Israel, on the other hand, is rigged in favor of the ultra conservatives who like believe that you should build a settlement and have 12 kids because that's God's will. Uh, <laughs> and those 12 kids are now coming of age to vote like 18 years later, you know, yeah, or sure. whatever the voting age is in Israel. And the voting system, uh, unlike in the United States that like tries to keep them away from the polls, does everything they can to get them in the polls. Oh, you built a new settlement? Here's an official polling place. Put it wherever you want. And that's, uh, and so like as a result, you have these folks who were on the bus with me who are like, oh my fucking God. I'm not about to have 12 kids just so that I can vote this fucker out of office. It's like manifest destiny mixed with Catholicism. (laughs) (laughs) I like that manifest destiny mixed with Catholicism. (sighs) And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much more there is to be said on our part. Um, I think that... More and more people, I think, are becoming, like, open to the idea that a two-state solution is a half-measure and that Palestinians have always been denied the right to call a state their own, um, that one cannot exist without a direct opposition to, and now suspicion of the other, understandably, particularly, like, from Palestinians against, like, the Likud government, but also the last, you know like seven decades worth of administrations in the Israeli government. And that like, I don't know, a one state solution feels like the, the kind of most achievable and the most like just solution to this problem. But I don't know. Um, Um, I know what you mean. I think that ultimately if, if 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 and that that is all to say like if if a sustained peace in that area is like something that people want i mean all israel has to do is just give them basic rights yeah much, yeah, yeah just water jack and and stuff jack. like that <laughs> but it's not that simple apparently <laughs> no i'm i'm just i'm just fucking around anyways all right boys i think uh we have really talked our way around this little Jewish sandbox (laughs) filled with bullies and kids who just want to be able to build the sandcastle they want where they want. And get high doing it, yeah. Yeah, and get high doing it. Um, I think that's 
an achievable goal for everybody. Uh huh. And we want the same for everybody, particularly Palestinians. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. And I mean, also just for the record, y'all, um, don't just don't go on birthright. Like, don't give those people. It's a free trip, though. Yeah, it's a free trip, but it's like a free trip with the acknowledgement that like there's there's like you're going to the haunts like they're you're gonna have to spend a whole day at yad vashem the, uh, israel, yeah. the israeli Holocaust a day Museum. No, the, an entire day you don't get to do anything else that day other than reflect um <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah just remember reflect, things reflect think about this yeah yeah um and i, I don't want to think about anything for that long yeah, I'm with you. Dude. Like, let alone this long. We've already thought about this for too long. Oh my! Well, as, as, as Jack and Jack is over here laughing, but like I, Zach and I have had to sit through Hebrew school classes where we think, gotten about to, and reflect. Dude, on this. I went to Catholic school too, man. Yeah. Oh, but fair. again, you know, the favorite <laughs> my my favorite bad. memories of synagogue are like you know skipping class with my boys and like yeah. you know like oh yeah, oh, yeah. just it's hanging out, to- having a good time. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, can't forget the Via Hafta. Like, yeah, sure. Come on, you know. Of course. Um, uh, but yeah, man, I'm trying to go find some kiddish wine right about now and get cooked. That's what I'm. Yeah, do it for sure. <laughs> cool. You want to wrap it up? Yep. All right, everyone. Speak. Yeah. Just speak out about that shit. Don't be afraid. Yeah, of uh, right. don't yeah. be afraid. Also, rate and subscribe this shit. Like. Oh yeah, over also do and that. Over and over Jack again. usually says that, but yeah. Sorry, I <laughs> I just I no, know. dude. It's fine. No, we no, need to cool. yeah. mix mix it up, man. Mix All, right. It up. All right, yeah. Please do. All right, bye guys. Later. Peace.